Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So big interview tomorrow with the FBI whistleblower. Uh, we're going to broadcast it Thursday and Friday on my show, on my podcast channel. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be an eye-opener. Um, I guess, uh, again, unless something happens, which I hope it doesn't, but uh, I don't trust these people in the swamp at all. Uh, we should be broadcasting that Thursday and Friday. This is going to be an enormous interview. I'm going to start off my show today about another revelation coming out last night about what the FBI is up to, um, indicating how we can't possibly go forward in the Constitutional Republic, ladies and gentlemen, with a law enforcement entity that appears to be working as bouncers for the Democrats. It just can't happen. Politicized law enforcement is the biggest threat to the Republic right now. I've got that. I've got another story, too. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. You don't like your online activity being spied on and then the information sold off to advertisers? Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Um, I've got that. And again, another act of politicized law enforcement last night by a sheriff uh, who appears to be now a politician using the gun and the badge for reasons other than law enforcement, a growing, festering cancer in the United States, this problem of politicized law enforcement. Uh, as I said, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. When you use the bathroom, you close the door behind you, right? You don't want random passersby looking in on you. So why would you let people look in on you when you go online? Using the internet without ExpressVPNs, like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. You know, your internet service provider knows every single website you visit. What's worse is they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices. It works on phones, laptops, even routers. Using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the bathroom door. Fire up the app. It's super easy. Click one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the world's number one rated VPN by Mashable, The Verge, and countless others. Secure yourself at expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Use my exclusive link, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, expressvpn.com slash Bongino, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Okay, here we go. Big week this week for us. So, again, that whistleblower interview will air Thursday and Friday, part one and two on my podcast channel. Please subscribe today. Apple, Spotify, and most importantly, the video version, if you'd like to see it, will only, only be available at Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Folks, why do we keep bringing up this story about the political targeting the FBI has clearly been engaged in for the last six years, possibly more? Because, again, a constitutional republic can't possibly continue if the people in the constitutional republic who think it's some kind of a representative democracy see themselves as becoming targets of people with guns and badges simply for their politics. <laughs> think about it. You're not really free to vote for who you want to vote for, are you? If you perceive the consequences of that vote and that support to potentially leading to the loss of freedom, your property being seized and a full blown investigation by a government with near limitless resources while you don't have them. Does that sound like a constitutional republic to me? Sounds like a, a tyranny to me. An oligarchy to me of the connected few at the top who get a pass. Folks, this happened last night and we're going to be talking to this whistleblower about a lot political targeting. The purpose of the vaccine mandate in the Bureau. We're, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll be talking about this too. I don't know who this whistleblower is, but a story popped last night. Jim Jordan was on uh, Tucker discussing it. It's in just the news. I strongly encourage you to read this in the newsletter. Bongino.com slash newsletter. 
Sign up today. It's free. FBI whistleblower alleges January 6 cases were manipulated to create the illusion of a national crisis. Folks, this story, again, is devastating. January 6th, whatever you think about the gravity of the situation, right? January 6th was a rally in Washington, D.C., which would clearly be the purview of what? Is it too much to ask, fellas, to limit it to the Washington? If you're not limited, that's a bad, to open the cases in the Washington field office, given that that's where the January 6th rally happened. There may be referrals out to some of their home states for information. We did that in the Secret Service, too. But that's not what this whistleblower is saying. So Jim Jordan wrote a letter to the uh, FBI Director Ray. Uh, clearly, he's disgraced himself repeatedly. That they're using a manipulative case file practice. Did you hear this? That was being conducted by the Bureau's Washington Field Office. Check this which was instructing local FBI offices to open up cases on their books that were in fact simply related to the Capitol breach. The FBI's case categorization creates the illusion that the threats from domestic violent extremists are present in jurisdictions across the nation. You see what they're doing here, folks? You see the scam? When in reality, they all stem from the same investigation concerning January 6th. The whistleblower says... Such an artificial case categorization scheme allows FBI leadership to misleadingly point to significant increases in domestic violent extremism threats nationwide, he added. So, folks, we heard last week on the show that apparently, according to another whistleblower, the FBI has white supremacy quotas or some form of wink and nod quotas where, hey, you know, it'd be really great if you recategorize that case as a white supremacy racism investigation. Why would they want to do that? Because Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, two disgraces for the human beings, for human beings, the president and the attorney general, respectively. They want the American public to believe that there is a massive problem with overt white supremacist racism in the country that only the Democrats are going to protect you from. Remember the Democrats party line, folks. Their party line is this. Their party line is don't vote for us. We don't have any. Don't vote for us. That's not what they're saying. No, no, no. It is. They're saying vote against the other guys, the Republicans, because they're the racists. They don't say vote. They don't run on anything to vote on. None of these things are popular. We're going to hike your taxes. We're going to tell your kids where to go to school. None of these things are popular. What they do with their primary means to getting votes are saying this is why they love identity politics. Yeah, they'll run on the student loan forgiveness and green crap. That's to attract and keep the 25, 30 percent of their audience that are real liberal nutcases. But to get the other 20%, the black, the Hispanic vote, the female vote, what they run on is the other party hates you. Everybody understand that it's important. Now, in order to say the other party hates you to such a degree that it's an existential threat to your daily life and you need us to protect you, even though we suck and we offer you nothing except taking more of your money, taking your health care away and telling your kid where to go to school, we have to prove it's a national problem. The FBI should hear this and laugh and mock them. The FBI should say, we're not going to fabricate a national crisis that doesn't exist to help you guys get elected. Unfortunately, the whistleblower is saying, that's exactly what the FBI did. Folks, the current management team at the FBI needs to go. There needs to be a massive house cleaning and there needs to be a serious conversation about getting rid of this agency, transferring the good agents over to other agencies and breaking up the responsibilities across the federal government. The FBI has become far too powerful.
Folks, politicized law enforcement, it's a growing threat in the country. It is cleaving this country in half. You have people who are genuinely afraid. I've got people calling me every night. Happened again last night. I got a text, Precision Matters. Another Trump insider. Genuinely terrified. Again, person who's done nothing wrong. I can, I totally can vouch for them. He's done nothing legally wrong, done nothing even morally wrong. He's genuinely afraid the FBI is going to come knocking at, um, let's say, their door. Politicized law enforcement, man, it is a growing, festering threat in the country. We saw it again last night. Jordan was on talking about the whistleblower. Then we saw this. This Bexar County Sheriff, you hear about this guy, Javier Salazar? So he's apparently upset about uh, illegal immigrants being transported to Martha's Vineyard. We discussed this at length. It's supposed to be a sanctuary place where they create sanctuary and they love diversity, equity, and inclusion. Apparently, they don't love it enough to actually recommend people who are diverse uh, for jobs and for housing in their neighborhoods. They ship them right out of there. They got them right out of there. National Guard and everything. You guys, buses, on the ferry, out of here. Doesn't sound like a sanctuary to me. Sounds like a non-sanctuary city. So this Bexar County uh, Sheriff, clearly, again, weaponizing his gun and his badge, clearly goes out and puts this uh, video out. I'll play a little bit of it saying they're going to criminally investigate Ron DeSantis. Now, of course, this is the headline the media wanted. I saw one goon. He's like, uh, the Trump and DeSantis, two leading contenders for the presidency, both under criminal investigation. Yes. What I don't understand is how you think that talking point works for you. Trump under criminal investigation for his politics and DeSantis under criminalization, under criminal investigation for what, Joe? His politics, yes, yeah. and you yeah, and you seem to believe magically that this talking point somehow works for you. It works against you because sane people know exactly what you're doing. Did you notice in this little spiel, this Bexar County Sheriff, who doesn't seem to be interested in migrants dying in his district, doesn't seem to be doing too much about that. He seems fascinated by going after Ron DeSantis. But he doesn't mention an actual criminal charge here, which is really weird. Because when I was a police officer like this gentleman, see, when you investigate someone on a criminal charge, you usually have an idea of, this is crazy, fellas, what the criminal charge actually is. That's nuts. Notice in this little clip how this sheriff in uh, Texas, he doesn't seem to have any idea what the criminal charge is. Really bizarre. Check this out. What infuriates me the most about this case is that here we have 48 people that are already on, on hard times, uh, right? They are here legally in our country at that point. They have every right to be where they are. And I believe that they were preyed upon. Somebody came from out of state, preyed upon these people, um, lured them with promises of, of a better life, which is what they were absolutely looking for. Notice how he throws that in there. You know, looking for a better life. They're here legally. They're here legally? This guy is a sheriff. He's unaware that in order to enter the country legally, you have to enter at a port of entry through the legal process. And that wasn't done with these people. He's not aware of that. Of course he is. He's just not telling you the real story. Then he has to throw in there. Oh, they're just looking for a better life. There are a lot of Americans looking for a better life, too. And you know what would give them a better life, Joe? What would give them a better life if their communities weren't being overrun by illegal, uh, illegal migrants? 
Maybe Javier Salazar should focus on American citizens' uh, efforts to get a better life and to not die from fentanyl. Because you know our rule here, right? Don't get dead. And fentanyl will help you get dead really quick. Maybe he should focus on that. Now, why did this guy do this? It's obvious. It's part of a sad and growing trend I've seen, and you may have noticed this too. Uh, social media, ladies and gentlemen, has really done a lot of damage to the world. I think in the end, it is going to have a positive effect when we digest it all. I mean, it was a 30-year war fought over books initially, right? <laughs> Some component of it. I mean, people, oh, books, we get rid of books, spreading information like that. I think in the end, social media and the transfer of information via social, uh, social media is a good thing. The problem is there's been a downside to it. And the downside is this. It has, the upside is it's been democratized the exchange. It's democratized the exchange of information. The downside to it is it's democratized the exchange of information for stupid people too, which doesn't mean we should ban it. We're not leftists. We're not going to do that. But you get people like this guy, Javier Salazar, who knows all he's got to do is mention Ron DeSantis, put a video on social media, and leftist media lunatics will pick it up. Ron DeSantis under criminal investigation. Yeah, for what? For what exactly? What's the specific charge? You're going to go in front of a judge and swear out a PC warrant on that? You're going to go on the record and say you have probable cause he committed a crime? Of course you're not. Of course you're not. This is all going to go away. This is not serious. Ron DeSantis said those people went voluntarily, and they were not in the country legally. This guy, this guy's a buffoon, a total buffoon. This is what they do. He wants TV time. If he were to say something about deporting them, the leftist media would ignore the story completely. Here, here. Listen to me. This is important. You know it. The greatest single power in government domestically, the greatest power in government overseas is to declare war. The greatest single power in government, government officials have, is to take away your freedom. Folks, Joe Biden doesn't have that power. Neither does Merrick Garland. You know who has that power? The FBI and law enforcement. They have guns and they have badges. They can legally take your life under certain circumstances. They can most certainly take your freedom. Libs have always wanted a corrupt law enforcement. It's for a couple of reasons. Liberals have always wanted both shock troops in the street and weaponized law enforcement behind them to enforce their political ideology and attack their political opponents, always. But the second part of this, why they love this at the FBI, it's why I put the FBI and the sheriff in the same story. Politicized law enforcement has been a dream of them for a long time. The law enforcement community in the past has generally been a constituency of the Republican Party. So it's not just that they want to use law enforcement to target their political opponents. That's fairly obvious at this point. You can see it right here. I just made that point to you in these two cases. It's the second part that matters just as much. The votes for law enforcement and the military have traditionally resided with the Republican Party. It's a rather large voting block. The Democrats see this as a twofer attack our political opponents, and secondly, turn the conservative movement against law enforcement and the military. If we can make the military woke and law enforcement their enemy, and then the conservatives, the, they will, the, the conservatives will turn against them, law enforcement will turn against them, and all of a sudden they'll lose that constituency as a voting block. Do you understand that? Yeah. This is a twofer for them? Yeah, Folks, yeah. Folks, I mean, we talked about this before, Joe. It's not the first time, but yeah. you have to understand, none of this is an accident. What they're doing with law enforcement, none of this is an accident. Absolutely none of it. This is all being done deliberately and on purpose as part of a larger strategic tactical plan by Democrats to both win elections and target their political opponents and their newfound oligarchy. 
Why is he not equally concerned, this sheriff, with the invasion going on at the southern border? Ladies and gentlemen, it's an invasion. It is. It's an invasion. I retweeted Bill Malusian from Fox this morning. You put out a tweet that if it doesn't open your eyes, I don't know what will. For the first time ever, he's reporting, we just passed two million encounters at the border of illegals. Two million. Folks, that doesn't even include the gotaways. Two million. Ladies and gentlemen, that's greater than the population of some states. And not just a few. This year, I want you to think this through. Say the number's two and a half million with the gotaways. If they get reelected, Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, God forbid, and we have to suffer through eight years of this, do you understand you're looking at upwards in the neighborhood of 16 to 20 million people in the United States illegally? 16 to 20 million people. You're talking about the population of, of roughly New York State. Illegally in the country. No idea who they are. If even zero, 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 one percent happen to be serious criminals, terrorists, drug traffickers, or child sex traffickers, you're talking about an enormous number of people wreaking chaos across the United States. And they're whining about 50 illegal migrants in Martha's Vineyard. They're not just whining there. They're whining in Chicago. They're whining in New York. You have the uh, mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, losing their minds. Oh, my God. You said they, legal they don't care about the 1,500 to 2,000 a day showing up in El Paso with the Democrat mayor who we played yesterday. It's like, we need help. Here's the clown mayor in New York City. Total clown. By the way, did I not warn you guys about this guy? Total oh, yeah. clown. I warned you from the start. I was a cop with this guy. We didn't cross paths personally. I don't know him personally. I was on the job, as they say, when this guy was around. And he had a reputation. You know what his reputation was? Don't get between this guy and a camera. He'll, he'll tackle you. This guy loved the camera. He's a posturer. That's what he is. He likes to be in front of the camera. That's just who he is. He enjoys being famous more than he enjoys doing the work of mayor. Eric Adams, a mayor in New York City, whining about buses going up there. I thought they were a sanctuary city. Should love the diversity, equity, and inclusion. You should inclusion includes including people. Why are you whining? Here's a kicker. While he's whining about this whole thing, I want you to watch this. This is hilarious. Apparently his chief of staff took a trip to France on some cruise or something. But don't worry, fellas. It was categorized as research. So everybody's wondering, was this paid for with taxpayer dollars? How did this work out exactly? So here's Eric Adams. If this doesn't prove my point about the virtue signaling going on on the left, and I got this coming up next. They're all signaling all the time. Oh, DEI, tolerance, inclusion, diversity, sanctuary city. They're totally full of, you get the point. It's all signaling. I'll explain signaling again in a second. Look at Adams. Watch how he responds when he's questioned about this emergency where his chief of staff was. Look how dismissive he is. There, talk to me that way. I'm Eric Adams. 
Check this out. Your chief of staff spent time on a cruise ship in France for research purposes. Wanted to see what he was trying to figure out there and what that taxpayer funded. You see what I go through? <laughs> I answered the cruise ship question already. I'm not going back and forth on that. When there's something, when there's something to announce more about a cruise ship um, idea or any other idea, I'm going to announce it. I'm finished with that. Next question. Such an emergency as guys, the chief of staff, who I think announced he was leaving the job, by the way. Chief of staff's out on a cruise ship in France. But don't worry, fellas, it was research. I wonder if it's about the migrant crisis on a cruise ship, like they housing migrants or something. What, what, what kind oh, of research yeah. was it? Yeah. Is, there, <laughs> is, is there a research report on that? Could we read that? Is there an abstract, footnotes? I'd love to see the report he generated on that. Signaling, folks. I did a whole show a couple weeks ago on signaling. The best piece I've seen on it on a long time in a long time. I read yesterday in the Wall Street Journal by Jerry Baker. It is worth your time. I'll get to that in a second. It is worth your time. Uh, folks, today's show also brought to you by Omaha Steaks. It's omahasteaks.com, keyword Bongino. Uh, I've been a customer of Omaha Steaks for a long time. I am a foodie. I love food. I have been eating their steaks, their food, their chicken, their desserts forever since I lived in Severna Park, Maryland. That was a long time ago. Why? Because it's good food. Summer ending doesn't mean the end of your grilling season. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter keyword Bongino into the search bar, and order the all-American assortment today. The package is mouth-watering items from the butcher-cut filet mignons to the caramel apple tartlets. I get hungry just talking about it. It's the only reason this ad starts to make my mouth water, especially at this time, because I get super hungry for a limited time, and it's, uh, you'll get a special gift from my listeners when you type Bongino in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. You'll get 12. 12 ultra-juicy Gee's favorite Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. But if the All-American Assortment doesn't have what you want, they also have an option on my page to build your own perfect menu. Simply pick your favorite items out of the options provided and create your own grilling adventure. The best part is it also comes with delicious, amazing, peerless 12 free Omaha Steak burgers. It's like a steak on a bun. It's delicious. They are delicious. Toast that bun up a little bit. Visit OmahaSteaks.com, type keyword Bongino in the search bar and fill your freezer with enough gourmet food to keep your cookouts going strong into the fall. That's OmahaSteaks.com, OmahaSteaks.com. Keyword Bongino, go today, stock up, food is delicious. All right. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. This is the single best piece I've, I've read on signaling in a long time. Now, we discussed it a couple of weeks ago. Just a quick uh, rehash, uh, refresher, quick, uh, excuse me, on signaling. Signaling, the best way to explain it with the left is take the politics out of it. And I told you about a podcast I listened to on education a while ago. Education's become signaling. Would you rather go into an interview for a job with all the skills necessary for the job and no education, no formal education at all. Or would you rather, they'll believe either one, the job inter, the, 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 the job uh, site, they have no idea either way. Or would you rather go into the job with a PhD from Harvard in the subject, but very little skills necessary for the job? 
90% of you are going to want the degree from Harvard because you know it's going to mean more to the job site, the person interviewing you. That is evidence that our education system has become signaling these days. It's a signal. It sends a signal that you went to school, that you probably stayed out of trouble during your college years, and you had enough work ethic to finish college. It doesn't actually signal that you have any skills for the job. This is the left. The left has become embodied by signalers. They don't have any actual skills or arguments to fix things. You dig? You dig where I'm going with this? But they signal that they do. And it's the importance of the willingness to signal and the willingness to wink at other signalers. That is the shibboleth to enter into the leftist cabal. Everybody knows you're full of crap. You know the other guy's full of crap. Everybody knows everybody else is full of crap. But they all agree to wink and nod at each other. It's one big giant Charlie Fox trot signal. Jerry Baker described this perfectly. This, this is a beautiful article. From migrant busing to climate change, fake virtue abounds. He notes the layers of hypocrisy are thick enough to shield you from the world as you play golf on from the wind as you play golf on Martha's Vineyard. He notes the moral posturing by Democrats and the ubiquitous supporters in the culture is the most grating of the many irksome tendencies in our current politics hyperetic. You think? Grates the hell out of me and everyone else. This virtue signaling nonsense, it's deployed to define the terms in, in uh, every sphere of contemporary debate. Virtue votes Democratic. You got it, folks? Everybody winks at each other in the Dems. Only one side wants to save democracy, fellas. Help the disadvantage. Distribute resources fairly. Save the planet. It's just one side. And if you're not winking, even though they're doing none of this, you're not winking, you're not part of the crew. You're morally inept. He notes the left has always deemed itself morally superior. Peace, love, and understanding and all that. Conservative ideas and solutions are characterized as the product of self-interest, bigotry, and greed. Now you get the whole identity politics thing I stuck. I, I talked about in the beginning. I discussed there. They might be grudgingly tolerated, but morally defensible in their own right? Never. The left is all signalers. This is the party of being full of fill in the blank. If you're not full of crap, you're not welcome. Because if you're not full of crap... The other guy who's full of crap, who's the signaler doing nothing, signaling about the environment, the importance of kids' education, tolerance to immigrants, immigrants, although doing none of this stuff, then the other guy feels bad because he figures, well, I'm not doing it. I'm just signaling. <laughs> they all signal to each other. They don't want you to actually do Does this make sense? The lefties don't actually want you to do anything because then it makes them look like fools. They don't want you to do anything. They would rather you not. Just talk about it. Here's what I mean. This example, just if this doesn't kick you in the nuts, I don't know what will. Pardon my language. It's just so true. This is Larry Summers. Again, the guy's an economist. He's all over the map sometimes. He is as hard a Democrat as you're going to see. He was the Treasury Secretary under Bill Clinton. But occasionally, he has a moment of reason and rationality where he calls the Democrats out. And I only mean occasionally. Here's Larry Summers, again, Democrat. He's talking about the worst virtue signal of all, the climate. How the left will take you to court to sue for pipelines. Pipelines. 
clean transportation of petroleum resources, oil and gas, a pipeline. Folks, it's a pipe in a line. I'm very sorry. I'm not trying to insult you. There are lefties listening and they're really dumb. Many of them are. Pipe, big long line, gas production facility, gas distribution facilities around the country. Here's the thing about pipelines, Joe. They don't have wheels. No. And they don't need... Re- no, I know you're stunned by this. Take it easy. Don't slow down. I don't want you to have a heart attack during the show. I need you this week. It's a busy week, okay? They don't have wheels. They don't emit anything out of a tailpipe because there is no tailpipe. And they don't require roads either. Once you build them, they're pretty much... You just sustain them and then that's it. The left doesn't want pipelines because it's a freaking signal. I'm fighting the Keystone Pipeline. Wow, you're such an environmentalist. Me too. Wink and nod. Stupid wink and nod, right? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, how is the oil and gas getting to the gas station so your mommy can buy you your Hot Pockets? Lefty watching porn in the basement, eating your Hot Pocket pepperoni pizzas because you don't have a real job. How's your mommy doing that? Oh, they're transporting it over rail and roads by trucks and railways that are actually admitting pollutants into the air, transporting the oil and gas you could have put through a clean pipeline. Oh! But if you come out and say that, you're not welcome. Larry Summers getting attacked for saying just that. Hence the connection to Summers. Here, take a look yourself. It's kind of insane that we have trucks and trains carrying oil all over this country rather than constructing pipelines, which would permit accessing more resources, cheaper, safer transmission. (laughs) Folks, I didn't even get into the safer part. Yes, of course it's cheaper. Of course it's going to be safer. I just was talking about the pollution because that's what the left, they're fighting pipelines claiming they're fighting pollution while having the oil and gas transported over roads and rail, which cause more pollution which costs more money, which makes it more expensive for for poor middle-class folks because fuel's a bigger portion of their income. And even mention the fact that there's spills that happen on rail and by truck that typically don't happen to the same degree with pipelines. They don't care about any of that. It's all about the signal. I thought the Keystone Pipeline. Did you you get a T-shirt for that too? You get a T-shirt, you go on your college campus with a sign-up, everybody celebrate your stupidity? All signals. All the time. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And then uh, a bit of an update. Remember the uh, hydroxychloroquine rebellion on the left? Oh, my gosh. Hydroxychloroquine for a COVID? Holy Moses, we're all going to melt down. Remember that? That yeah. was a signal, too. Remember that one? If you The signal on the left was, you were against hydroxychloroquine. It's going to kill you. Was any of that based in fact? Hell to the F. No, it wasn't. But it didn't matter. It was a signal, just like I fight pipelines. It was a signal to your leftist moron friends. It was a signal that you have the credential, but you don't have the skill. Dopes. Wait till you hear about this study on masks and hydroxychloroquine. Stories in the newsletter, by the way, if you want to check it out. Uh, Today's show also brought to you by Bowl and Branch. Um, I'm doing traveling a day or so this week, and the only downside to traveling is I get off my bowl and branch sheets, which I can't really stand the travel because I love bowl and branch sheets and I hate sleeping on anything else. Why? Bowl and branch sheets are not just buttery, breathable, and impossibly comfortable. 
They get softer with every wash. They do, I can vouch. Forget thread count, bowl, B-O-L-L. Bowl and Branch gives you thread quality. I love mine. Sleep is important to me. It doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they aren't the best threads possible. Listen, I was never a big sheet guy. Honestly, I couldn't have told the difference years ago because I never bought these Bowl and Branch sheets. And they sent me a pair. I got a couple. They made a huge difference in my sleep quality. Now I'm spoiled. I don't want to sleep anywhere else. A night on hotel sheets makes me want to go home stat. The signature hem sheets from Bowl and Branch are a bestseller for a reason. People love, love the sheets. Bowl and Branch uses the highest quality threads on earth for superior softness and a better night's sleep. Sheets made with threads so luxurious, they're beloved by three U.S. presidents. Get 15% off, 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com, bowlandbranch.com, promo code Bongino. Pick them up. Send me your reviews. I love to read them about the products we advertise because I use them too. Bowlandbranch.com. Promo code Bongino. Thanks, Bowlandbranch. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So, again, this was a big signal, too. Newsletter today is stacked with good, juicy material. So they did a peer-reviewed research study. Uh, they looked at the old mask study from Bangladesh. I don't know if you guys remember the Bangladesh mask study. They're like, look, we found a small benefit to masks. Well, they looked at it again. They were like, ah, I'm not so sure that study says what you think it says. You can read that in the piece. I want to focus more on this one, though. One of the big signals to the left. In addition to wearing the shirt, I hate pipelines, despite trucks and rails being dirtier uh, 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 dirtier and unsafe in many cases. Despite that, you also had to wear another shirt, maybe a bumper sticker that said hydroxychloroquine definitely won't help and it may kill you. you, Remember that shirt? If you had that shirt on, you could go into the Netroots convention or whatever that lefty thing is and you would be selling. Look, science. We believe in science. I'm the science guy. And everybody who was kind of familiar with hydroxychloroquine, including my wife, who's been taking it for lupus for, gosh, I don't know, 20 plus years, was like, it's really that dangerous? Maybe I should ask my my rheumatologist about that because I've been on a long time. And of course, you know, every doctor we consulted said, listen, any drug's going to have side effects, of course. Um, and you got to be careful. But no, the safety profile on hydroxychloroquine is pretty darn good. And my wife was like, oh, because a bunch of lefties who told me they believe in science were insisting it was going to kill me. And that it would do nothing for COVID, which was strange because there was a lot of anecdotal evidence out there from people uh, who, who seemed to think that hydroxychloroquine had an effect. So they did a new study published last week in the Nature Journal uh, Communications Biology. It's a, uh, they published a study last week. It found hydroxychloroquine blocks a SARS-CoV-2 entry into endocytic pathway, the primary method of entry for the Omicron variant in mammalian cell cultures, specifically lung samples from adult humans with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. 
Now, again, because we believe in actual science here, we don't believe in hysteria, hyperbole in either direction, and I don't do political narratives with drugs or anything else. I do science, unlike journalists and losers on the left who put a T-shirt on, hydroxychloroquine sucks. We don't do that here. Does this mean that hydroxychloroquine is going to be a cure-all and all of a sudden is completely vindicated as the number one treatment for COVID? No, that's not what the study says. They were cell cultures. What it says is there may be some evidence there. It also says if liberals would take the cotton out of their ear, stick it in their mouth, and just shut the hell up for a few minutes and maybe do the scientific process and do some more follow-up and peer review on this, you may find that the substance in question, hydroxychloroquine, may have been a benefit and may still be in the future, which interestingly enough would save lives. Because I thought like Black Lives Matter and Lives Matter and tolerance and all that stuff, inclusion, in order to be included in your DEI initiatives, here's the catch, guys. You got to be alive. So you think you'd promote something that would possibly save some lives. Not the left. They just got to put the shirt on. I hate hydroxychloroquine because Donald Trump said so. Is it painful being this stupid lefties all the time? No, I'm serious. Is it painful? Do you wake up in the morning? Is it physically painful? You ever wonder what it's like to be so dumb all the time with those stupid signs you have in front of your houses? We believe in science. Love is love. Really? Love is love? What happens if someone tells you they uh, they love clouds or something like that? It's like, can they marry the cloud too? What about that? The science is science? No, science is a process. Science isn't an endpoint. Black lives matter. We agree. Every life matters. Oh, you can't say that. Signaling's everywhere. On a different note, the signals coming from the White House are deeply troubling. <coughs> Excuse me. Folks, I'm, uh, this is a serious question, a disturbing one, but a serious one nonetheless. Who the hell is in charge at the White House? This is getting really troubling now. I mean, like on a 1 to 10 scale of Dan Bongino being troubled, I'm at like a, an 8.7, leaving some room for growth just in case something else breaks bad. Who is in charge at the White House? From the Taiwan comments, which I'll readdress in a moment, Biden saying he's going to defend Taiwan, and then the White House, I thought he was in charge of the White House, coming out and then saying, no, no, nothing's changed. Then we had Biden declare, and I covered this yesterday, that the COVID pandemic is over. And you're not wasting your time here. I explained to you why Biden saying the pandemic was over was going to cause big problems for them. Here's CNN. White House says COVID-19 policy unchanged despite Biden's comments that, quote, pandemic is over. Who's in charge here? Biden said it. You heard it. You heard it, didn't you? Well, I said to you yesterday, the problem with Biden declaring the pandemic is over is Biden wants more spending on COVID claiming the pandemic isn't over. I told you yesterday, Biden wants to grow the Medicaid rolls to keep more people on crappy government-run health care. And the reason to do that was the pandemic. Oh, we need more people on Medicaid. Let's make the eligibility requirements less so even, you know, people with some money can get on Medicaid. And then they said they wanted to cancel student loans. Remember that? And what was their excuse? Definitely the COVID emergency. Strange how Biden says there's no COVID emergency. Now everybody's starting to pick up this story. Throw that Washington Post up article up first, if you don't mind. I'll get to the student loan thing in a minute. Here, Washington Post. Again, you're not wasting your time here ever. I called it yesterday. The Washington Post is now in a panic. Here's their headline from yesterday. No, President Biden, the pandemic is not over. Why? 
because of what I said, like my grandmother said, like I says, Mr. Biden has not ended the official pandemic emergency. When the official emergency ends, some 15 million will lose Medicaid coverage. Sounds like something I said yesterday. The reason for a student loan repayment pause will end. The rationale for Trump era border restrictions still held in place by a court will disappear. All this policy transition must not be done carelessly or hastily. See the lefties panicking? Their big government agenda? You see the signal, we love big government, matters more than the, re the, uh, the actions? They want the signal. We are about big government. Canceling student loans, keeping people on Medicaid. Biden says the pandemic's over. No, no, no. We got a signal the pandemic's still going on. Is it? Well, the gravity of it, no. But we still need it for big government. Here's a just a news article. Presidential foot and mouth. Biden may have killed his student debt cancellation plan, critics argue. Why? Because they used the COVID emergency to justify the president's announcement that he was going to cancel some student loan debt. Now, all of a sudden, everybody in the White House is a little bit panicky. Everybody's a little worried. I told you this yesterday. When you're the president, you have to be careful with your language. You can't start a global thermonuclear war because you can't keep your mouth shut like Biden. And if you're going to say something like the COVID pandemic is over, which I believe it's emergency stages, we're going to be living with this and have for a long time, then you have to be willing to follow through administratively with the consequences of your words. They're not willing to do any of this. They still want the signal out there, the chatter. All right, let me move on. This is hilarious. I need a little bit of comic relief. Have you guys seen this? Well, Joe, you saw it this morning. You cut it. Did you see it, Key? This, you really? You haven't seen it? All right. Sometimes he watches it before. Don Lemon last night on his show. Yesterday, the queen was laid to rest. Uh, God rest her soul. And um, they have, you know, a bunch of royal watchers. I don't know. Is that a job? Or I don't, I don't know how that works or something. But Royals experts, and they've been putting them on all these channels, uh, all the cable news channels. So this lady's pretty smart, though. She comes on the uh, CNN channel with Don Lemon. And Don Lemon decides again, because identity politics is their thing. Remember why? Don't vote for us. Vote against the GOP. They're racist and they hate you. So the left will inject identity politics and race and anything, including the death of the queen. How do you inject race into the death of the queen? You bring up reparations for British colonialism. Of course, not mentioning that every single, uh, every single state actor on planet Earth has obtained their state borders through either an initial act of aggression or defensive aggression over time. Colonialism was, was epidemic. Even though you didn't do it, it doesn't matter. So Don Lemon brings up reparations. And immediately regrets it as this lady just destroys him. This clip's about a minute and 30 seconds. I don't like him this long, but it's worth every second. Don Lemon getting a history lesson on international slavery and reparations. Watch his response at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, thanks for coming on. <laughs> Check this out. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism. And they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, 500 million there. Some people want to be paid back and, uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are, you know, you have all of this vast wealth? Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? 
that was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. <laughs> Dude, come on. That's, uh, at least, that's at least a double. I mean, really? Come on. Come on. We haven't done a monthly game, but that's at least a, that's yeah, a, tri- whoa, a trophy, baby. Whoa, she knocked whoa, it out of the park. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What are you? We got to. You're okay with three? Joe's. All right, I'm overruled. You guys know better than me. All right, two out of three ain't bad, like the meatloaf song. Producer Mike, you're in for Jim. Are you listening? What are you, three monthlies? Mike, send me a text. I don't know. Uh, that may be two and a half. I'll go with it, though. What a buffoon. Totally. Totally, completely unaware of the history of what happened, what the British Empire at the time did to stop slavery, completely unaware, and gets wrecked on his own show. Ladies, like, yeah, it's a great idea. We got to go back through the entire uh, tragic chain of events that happened there. Good job. All right, let me get to my uh, last sponsor. And then uh, there's a really, really important meeting coming up on Wednesday. No, no, not with the whistleblower. And there's something happening that's going to, uh, I think, have a dramatic impact on the economy. And I see the stock market right now is reacting a little bit. If you haven't heard about it, you need to. Our last sponsor today, our friends at MyPillow. Folks, you've heard me talk about MyPillow for a while now. But did you know they have a lot more than just pillows? There's no better time to check out MyPillow.com because Mike Lindell and MyPillow are having a BOGO extravaganza on several MyPillow items. It's time to join the millions of Americans who've changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. Right now, you can get this buy one, get one free pricing on beach towels, beach blankets, Giza Elegance, MyPillows, six-piece towel sets, roll and go anywhere, MyPillows, and so much more. Just go to the radio listener's special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Or you can call them at 800-837-0459. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on select products. Call 800-837-0459 or go to the radio listener's special page at MyPillow.com and use promo code Bongino. Paul and I love their pillows. Paula loves the slippers. Me too. They're super comfortable. And their towels. Love them for a while now. And we know you'll love their products too. That's MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Use promo code Bongino. MyPillow.com. Promo code Bongino. Thanks, MyPillow. We appreciate it. So, as I was saying before, some really shocking economic data came out this morning. I do mean shocking. I don't mean to oversell this stuff some, sometimes, but I don't know any of the word to describe it. Uh, Germany, their PPI, their producer price index, long and short of it without getting uh, too deep in the weeds. It's what producers pay for inputs before they sell you a finished product. I'm making an iPhone or a computer for you. I have inputs, uh, chips, the glass, the plastic in the case, whatever it may be. So what I'm paying for those prices matters. Why? Because it's going to make the phone production costs more expensive, which I'm then going to have to do what? Pass on to you. So I've been warning now, gosh, fellas, for what, months? Watch the PPI, not just the consumer price index, what you pay, 
the PPI, the producer price index, because that's going to determine what the CPI is later on. A number came out of Germany this morning. I had a not just double take. I had a triple take to make sure I was reading this right. The German PPI surged this morning to 45.8%. Folks, that is a BFD. Big deal. Inflation is going to get worse. It's not going to get better. Well, there's a meeting tomorrow, Wednesday. It's Tuesday, right? It's tomorrow, Wednesday, by the Fed. It's a meeting I was talking about where they're going to implement a rate hike. There's no question they're going to hike the rate, federal funds rate. The question is, is it going to be 75 basis points? Is it going to be a full point? Uh, folks, I, I don't know. My guess is it's probably going to be a point. Why does this matter? Folks, it matters for a couple of reasons. The stock market, if you were a heavy leverage company with a lot of debt, you're in a lot of trouble. Why? Because that debt is going to be costing a whole lot more money to service at higher interest rates. But the more important point, a point I've made throughout this seven years or so we've been on the air here with the podcast, is folks, we're a borrowing culture in the United States. I wish we weren't, but we are. Every big decision in our life is typically made with borrowed money, unless you're independently wealthy, which I wasn't. You borrow for your mortgage, you borrow over 30 years, you borrow for your car. Well, what's the problem? When you borrow, you borrow on a payment plan because you got to pay the money back. I'm sorry, there are liberals listening. We have to be slow. That payment plan involves either biweekly or monthly payments, typically monthly payments. Ladies and gentlemen, that monthly payment one of the biggest factors that goes into what you pay per month is the interest rate. As interest rates start to creep and creep and creep and creep and creep up, all of a sudden your monthly payment, despite the fact that you're buying the same car or the same house at the same price, the payment is more and more and more. Meaning you have to buy less and less and less. Which causes, ladies and gentlemen, one of the causes and which can certainly aggravate a recession. We are a borrowing culture. A borrowing culture, interest rates mean everything. If you're a saver, interest rates going up are great. Why? You get to invest at a higher interest rate. We are not a culture of savers. We're not. We were. We're not anymore. It's a borrowing culture. We've had that privilege because the dollar is the world's reserve currency. This could be really bad. Forbes has a piece up about it. A piece up about it today. You should check out. Stocks struggle as markets brace for another unusually large Fed rate hike. Why? A lot of these companies have borrowed too. If you're invested in a company that's not making any money, but you invested in on the discounted value of their future earnings. In other words, in the future, you think they're going to make a fortune, but they borrowed a bunch of money to get there. All of a sudden, they're not going to be making a fortune. Folks, I wanted to address one last thing, be the last topic today, because we have a lot to do with regards to this uh, whistleblower interview. It's going to be big, uh, may melt the internet. There's going to be a lot of stuff we discuss. Again, it'll air Thursday and Friday. Sorry to keep bringing it up, but I don't want you to miss it. Please subscribe to my podcast today. It is free. Apple, Spotify, and most importantly, I'd like you to watch the video. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Subscribe today. We added 10,000 new subscribers yesterday alone. I want to end on this, though. Uh, this was Biden the other day on our defense of Taiwan. If 
China were to cross the strait and invade Taiwan. Again, showing you the importance of a cognitively all-there president and how his words mean something, I want you to understand the ramifications of how important what he said is. Here, listen to it first. Would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. Officially, the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. But the commander-in-chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women, would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Does he, do you understand the ramifications of this, folks? This is a huge deal. No more signaling. You see how we weave this in the beginning of the show? No more signaling here. Let's talk Turkey. Let's talk the real world. You understand what this means? We're going to defend against the Chinese army invading Taiwan on the other side of the world. Do you understand that means? I wrote this down. I want to forget it. It likely means a draft. There's a very important meaning to people on this show, by the way, who have very real skin in the game. Means likely a draft. You want a draft? Your kids being, you know, yanked out of schools and everything because of the existential threat of China as we go to war with China and nuclear power. We thought, I'm just, you, your answer may be yes. Your answer may be yes. I'm just telling you what this is going to involve. Probably involved tens of thousands, if not eventually hundreds of thousands of casualties. Kind of a big deal, no? We lost my uncle in Vietnam, changed my grandmother forever. I've talked about it often. She was never the same. Ever. Killed rather heroically over there. Also, you got a business? Can you manage, manage economic destruction? Global supply chains? Wars going on in the oceans and seas around the world so products can't get here? Destruction of semiconductor factories, potentially in Taiwan, that are in all your cars. I want you to understand, ladies and gentlemen, he's the President of the United States. When he, on a 60 Minutes, on an internationally broadcasted show, says we're going to go to the, the defense, we're going to defend uh, Taiwan and engage in a world war with China. I want you to understand what that actually means. Apparently, Biden didn't before he opened his mouth and they had to walk it back. Guy's a buffoon. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the show. We'd really appreciate it, especially before Thursday and Friday. Thank you very much. And we will see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.